It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, a quick, a couple quick Timberwolves notes, D'Lo related, Rudy Gobert related, uh, Knicks and Cat. We'll do all that here off the top. There's been a little bit of chatter in all those areas this week. Plus, a look again at the cap situation with a few more specifics. Uh, you know, are there some top unrestricted free agents available that the Wolves could potentially get involved in? What would the money need to look like if the Wolves really really are a player in free agency this year at all. We're going to break it all down on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And a big thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen every single day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. That's on both Amazon and, or excuse me, on, well, yeah, Amazon Fire TV and Roku. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, Amazon Fire TV and Roku. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, a spattered of topics here today. I do want to get to some cap stuff. We we talked generally about the Wolves like priorities this offseason a couple of weeks ago. We've it's been kind of a consistent underlying thread of over the last couple of weeks, of course. So we did one show that was more specifically about priorities. I want to get a little more into the weeds on the numbers, and I promise I'll make it as as less me just reading off of the spot rack website and uh you know, explaining the cap situation. I'll, I'll make it as interesting as possible and try and lay this out very simply and like, hey, here's a couple different paths for the Wolves. So we'll do that in a little bit. I want to hit a few like, I don't know, kind of surface level type Timberwolves stories because they're in the news. It's, it's what's in the news for the Wolves right now. I think the most interesting thing is the D'Angelo Russell report that's out there from Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. Um saying that D'Angelo Russell was looking for a four-year, $100 million plus deal from the Wolves in extension negotiations. We know that the Timberwolves were you know, talking a little bit with D'Lo about a possible extension, mostly because the Wolves needed to be able to have a temperature on like, hey, if we don't trade D'Lo, what's he looking for in the offseason? Can we bring him back? Because remember, the way his contract and the cap works is the Wolves would have just simply gotten his you know, $28 million or whatever it was contract slot like they wouldn't have just automatically gotten that in expiring cap space which is one of the reasons why it made sense for the Wolves to trade D'Angelo Russell but it was also like hey the Wolves needed a point guard so it's worth seeing what he wants to be paid next year um, and so they obviously explored that the reports were kind of during the season that they had engaged with D'Lo but the two sides were not close 
And uh, now we know why at D'Angelo Russell and his agent were seeking $26 million a year. And by the way, Mike Conley this year, or uh, sorry, 26, roughly on average of 25 million a year. Conley this year only has 14.3 million guaranteed. But if he's on the roster past, I forget what date in June, then Conley does make 24.3 million. The difference though is, well, first of all, Conley's a better fit for this roster than D'Angelo Russell, but also then you're only committing this next year to Mike Conley. And if the team, something crazy, you know, God forbid one of the stars gets hurt, yeah, something goes wrong, whatever, you could trade Conley at the deadline. Also, more importantly, you're only committing one more year to a 36-year-old versus D'Lo. If you're committing four years at that many dollars, like he's now in his prime, are you able to trade D'Lo with $75 million left on his deal a year from now? Probably not, at least not for what you'd want. So Conley makes more sense. It's one of the reasons the Conley deal was made. We knew that at the time. The decision for D'Lo was going to be, you know, pay him in free agency or let him walk and you get nothing in return. You don't even get that that salary slot necessarily. So this plays into the calculus and now we know what he was seeking. And it makes a lot of sense that the Wolves said, you know what, we're not going to give you a hundred million because we're already paying a kajillion dollars to Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. We're going to owe a kajillion dollars to Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, which is of course a scientific way of saying the max. Um, McDaniels probably won't get the max, but like you're, I mean, he really can't because you're already paying Rudy and Cat, right? Unless Cat is traded. I mean, that's, but then of course, if Cat's traded, you're taking back salary, which is part of the conversation we'll get to later in the show here today. Um, all that to say, D'Lo wanted $100 million and the Wolves were never going to give him $100 million. I mean, like you look at guys that were making $25 million a year this year. Uh, well, I guess D'Lo is one of them, but you know, I mean, like there's other max guys on, on the market this offseason from James Harden to, uh, I mean, Kyrie's probably not going to get the max, but like guys like him and Chris Middleton and, and um, like, well, a couple of those guys have player options, but very well could hit. I would imagine like Middleton becomes a free agent this offseason, right? Like, I mean, guys that are kind of right in the prime of their career that are looking for that last massive extension. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's an intriguing free agent class, but D'Lo now finds himself kind of in that murky middle of it. And the Wolves were never going to do $25 million a year for D'Lo. Like, if his number was $15 million a year, sure. I mean, you you explore that. Now, I've talked a lot about how his fit with this roster wasn't great. I, you know, I still think D'Lo can be a plus player. I think, in general, he was for the Lakers. Of course, he struggled in the playoffs. We talked about that earlier this week. Um, I think he's an above-average point guard. The problem is he was being paid like an all-star, like a superstar, a max contract. He absolutely was not worth that contract. He's not worth $25 million a year now. At $15 million a year, you could talk yourself into making the fit work, him helping you you know, be your backup primary scorer on a rainy day if Ant is hurt or out or in foul trouble or whatever. If Cat is hurt or out or in foul trouble. Like Now, of course, the Wolves had that situation for much of this year when Towns was out. Obviously, Ant was healthy, but... D'Lo didn't step up in the way they needed him to. And I think that had to have been part of the calculus of like, hey, D'Lo ain't it moving forward. Let's move on. Um, so all that to say, 100 million or yeah, 100 million over four years reportedly from Jake Fisher of Yahoo is what D'Lo wanted. And uh, I don't know that he's going to get that in free agency. As I always say, I feel like this is the third show out of the five this week. I've said this. All it takes is one. All it takes is one team to be like, hey, we saw what D'Angelo Russell could do this year. You know, early on with the Lakers, we think he can change our I, like I, I don't know who it is. Um, it's very likely one of the teams in in the in the mediocre murky middle. 
um, that says, oh, we can add a former all-star. We can sell this to our fans. And, you know, he can still score 20 a game. Sure, that's fine. Uh, but there's also issues with the D'Angelo Russell uh, experience, if you will. So I think somebody will pay him close to that. I'd be surprised if it was a full $100 million over four years. I think it'll be a little bit less. I think annually he might get close to 20. I don't think he'll get 25. Um, so that'll be an interesting saga to follow this offseason. Uh, the next thing is Carlton Towns. Nothing really news-wise other than there was a uh, a podcast discussion um, by a, a handful of New York reporters, um, like three of them. Michael Scotto uh, from Hoopside, who I guess isn't technically a New York reporter, but Ian Begley of, of SNY and uh, Stefan Bondi of New York Daily News did a podcast and talked a lot about the Knicks, of course. And one of the topics was Carlton Towns and also Joel Embiid as potential trade targets. And um, basically getting into the like, hey, Townsend Tibbs, there was this rumor that, of course, Tom Thibodeau, now the head coach of the Knicks, formerly the Wolves head coach, that they could get past their differences and work together. And now um, one of them said they're not sure that um, that that they'd want to do that anymore. I forget who it was that, that made that comment over the course of the, uh, the conference. I think it was Bondi that said... Um, that he had heard a couple of years ago that that Tibbs would have no problem coaching Cat and that things may have changed at this point. He's not really sure. That makes sense. Um, I don't ever. I never really got the sense there was true Towns Tibbs disconnect. They were just different personalities, but it, it never really seemed like that is where the issues were. Right? It was more Jimmy Butler being upset with the Wiggins contract situation and maybe wishing Cat was a bit more of an alpha. But like, it never really felt like a Tibbs Cat thing. It was more just Tibbs being Tibbs and Cat being Cat. You know, Cat's a little more happy-go-lucky and occasionally emotional, and Tibbs is always emotional, but in the same way. Um, that It just kind of felt like two personalities that didn't jive, but it doesn't mean they can't work together. So I don't think that would be a reason for the Knicks to not trade for Carl Anthony Towns. There's other reasons why you wouldn't. There's other reasons why the Wolves wouldn't. Uh, that was really the only Cat thing that they covered extensively, and to me, that's, I don't want to say it's a non-story. I mean, those guys are closer to Tibbs in the situation than I am, but... Um, I don't know. I'd be surprised if that was reason for the Wolves to not make that deal. Uh, the last thing, Rudy Gobert, uh, this is just more interesting, apparently did a darkness retreat, Aaron Rodgers style. He went and locked himself in a room, I guess, underground or whatever for a couple of days and and um, is still focused on having the best offseason of his career, coming back, having the best season of his career next year. I mean, like we can make tons of jokes about the best shape of his life and like all those jokes that happen every year for every sport in training camp or spring training. Um I think that could be applicable here, but it does show like it's different than last offseason, right? Rudy Gobert last, last offseason spent his time playing Eurobasket, which is which is a very different type of offseason. And now instead of just being in basketball shape all offseason, he can take care of his body in different ways, do different things to you know prepare. We talked about Anthony Edwards saying he's going to go to France and meet with Rudy. Um, so like it's good to see the effort. Of course, Rudy's got three more years left on a monster deal. The Wolves need him to be as committed as it sounds like he is. So uh, good on Rudy. I don't know if the darkness retreat thing works. We don't know yet if it worked for Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, that's that's out there as well. All right. I want to talk a little cap here the rest of the show here today. That's what we'll uh, start doing here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Game Time. I am notorious for waiting to the last minute to purchase tickets, whether that is a sporting event or a concert or a comedy show or theater even, uh, all things that I enjoy on different levels and at different occasions and in different forms, but I have a bad habit of waiting to the last minute to buy tickets. 
And uh, if that's you, then Game Time is the place for you. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. You don't have to with Game Time. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals as well on tickets for really any sport, plus concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day as we're back next week, Monday through Friday, we're still daily for the next couple of months. And like I've been saying, we're going to transition to some more draft conversation. I know the Wolves only have the second round pick, but like, hey, Tim Connolly's got a track record. We'll go back through that. It's been about a year since we've done that. It, just over a year since Connolly was hired. We can go back through what he did in the second round in Denver. He had a lot of success. I mean, anybody ever heard of Nikola Jokic? What about um, Monty Morris? They're, uh, they're kind of longtime backup eventually starting point guard when they were really good the last few years. Like there's several guys he picked in the second round that turned out to be really good players. Um, and I want to go back through that and then we'll look at this year's prospects around that that part of the draft. So that's uh, upcoming here very, very soon in the coming weeks. All right. Um, let's talk a little cap conversation. So we've talked in terms of offseason priorities. And of course, one of the top priorities is is figuring out the Nas Reed situation. And the reason being, because Nas is, of course, an unrestricted free agent. He was also a really vital part of this team making the play in this year because with the cat injury, Nas stepped up big time. He is, as currently constructed, effectively the sixth man, I guess really seventh, I guess, if you want to call Kyle Anderson the sixth man, if this team is fully healthy the way that the roster was built this year. Because he was playing the four a little bit. He was playing key backup five minutes. Um, Now, when this team is absolutely fully healthy, I don't know how you find the, the 28 minutes or whatever for Nas because he hasn't played great at the four. We talked about this, I think it was earlier this week, maybe late last week in terms of his lineup data. Like at the four, Nas has not been great. Doesn't mean he can't do it. It was a small sample. Uh, but returns from the first, you know, the last couple of years with him next to Towns were not great. This year returns with him next to Rudy were not consistently great. Um, so if you resign Nas, you have to be really convinced that that's his role, right? He's not only our third big, but he's effectively our sixth man. We're going to pay him whatever he wants, and he's our fill-in if Cat or Rudy are in foul trouble or get injured. But he also has to have a role if if they're healthy, right? And remember, back in October, there were a couple of DNPCDs. There were some eight-minute, 10-minute, 12-minute games for Nas Reed. Go back and look at that game log. He wasn't a consistent part of the rotation, and then he earned that role. But there was a very small window when everyone was healthy late in the regular season, and I just didn't get a good sense that that I know that Chris Finch wants to play big, but how comfortable are we with Nas Reed playing extended minutes at the four? And if you have two max centers and a guy you're paying 15 million in Nas Reed or whatever he ends up getting, you better have a plan for them all to play and it better work. 
because you've tied up a lot of money in effectively one position. So I like Nas Reed a lot. I did a show earlier this week, Monday or Tuesday, talking about how I didn't think the Wolves would resign Nas, or I was leaning towards that direction, in part because of what Howard Beck said a week ago on this show. Um, Howard Beck, the longtime New York Times, uh, LA Daily News, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated journalist, saying that he's asked around and he firmly believes Nas Reed will get $15 million a year this offseason. I know, I know that around the trade deadline, the Wolves talked about the rumor was the Wolves were offering him around 10. He wanted 12 to 14 a year, which, you know, 50 million over four years. And I think there's been some speculation lately locally that like, hey, he'll, he might only get 12 million. You might get him for 11. Howard Beck thinks it's 15 million a year. That's a big difference when you look at the Wolves cap situation. So let's look at that. The Wolves currently are 10 million over the cap based on who they have on the roster. Now, the actual cap number isn't as relevant these days in the NBA because of the tax threshold, because of um, that, that, that window before you're in the luxury tax. So the Wolves really are 10 million over the cap, but they're uh, roughly, what, 18 million, I guess, below is the, million, is the number I have below, uh, yeah, 18 million below the luxury tax. They don't want to go into the tax because the expectation is they will next year. Um, the quick explanation there is you have to extend Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels. You have cats at uh, number going from 36 million this coming season to 50 million in 24 25. You're still paying Rudy Gobert. He'll be at 44 million effectively that year. So, I mean, like, you'll have 94 million st- caught up in Rudy and Cat, and then you'll have a max kicking in for Anta Jaden. Like, you're going to be in the tax, you're going to be at the tax in 24 25, and there's that repeater tax as well. So, without getting too in the weeds on this, if you are in the luxury tax consecutive years, you have to pay another tax, the repeater tax. So, the Wolves have to avoid going into luxury tax this offseason. They, re- they really have to. There's no other choice. So you have $18 million to play with. And there's only four real roster spots, right? So uh, unrestricted free agents, Austin Rivers, Jalen Noel, Nas Reed. Restricted free agent, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So they'll have cap holds in all those guys, which they can renounce those if they need to, the cap space, et cetera. Um, very unlikely Jalen Noel's back. We've talked about that on the show. That's only a couple million bucks. Austin Rivers, give or take, but likely a minimum contract anyways. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, we talked about the other day, and I I still believe this. I think it's more likely Alexander-Walker's back and the Wolves don't bring back Nas Reed. And I know Tim Connolly has said Nas Reed's a priority this offseason. And maybe this is just me wishing this into existence, speaking it into existence, but I would not pay Nas Reed $15 million a year. When you only got $18 million to play with, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to cost more than three. He just is. Um... Remember, Josh Okogie got a minimum last offseason. I think Alexander Walker has more value than Josh Okogie. He's simply a better offensive player. And even if Okogie is slightly better defensively, you can talk yourself into the size that Alexander Walker has um, and potential upside offensively because he's shown more than Okogie. So, like, I guess he's a little older than, than Okogie was a year ago. But all that to say, I think Alexander Walker is going to get, I don't know, five, six, seven million. He's not going to get three million. If you think Nas is getting 15. Now, if you think Nas only gets 12, that gets you to 6 million and maybe you can do both. And then the question is, do you want to? I think at 12 million, Nas is a real conversation. And and that's how close this all is. Like that really matters. I know it doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about 164 million for your cap, but when you're talking luxury tax and repeater tax, you can't really mess around with giving Nas $15 million, I don't think, because then you probably can't keep Alexander Walker and now you've tied up more money in that one spot. And and yeah, Rudy and Kat and Nas are all really fun, very good players. 
But can you really justify that and then say, yeah, well, we couldn't afford Nikhil Alexander Walker for six, so we're going to go sign another Austin Rivers off, you know, I guess the scrap heap as as um, maybe crude as that term is. Like we're going to go sign a, a a retread veteran or whatever for a, the vet minimum and plug him into the rotation, a la Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers, you know, which by the way, not bad signings at vet minimums. But are you going to count on those guys to take into kill Alexander Walker, likely a rotation spot? Um, and also Jalen Noel, you got to fill in those minutes too. So is that is that the solution or are you relying on Wendell Moore Jr. to all of a sudden be a rotation guy? Are you counting on your second round pick this year? Like these are all really real conversations the Timberwolves have to have against their budget. And if you say, yeah, Nas is worth 15 million over four years, which is by the way, what, $60 million. I mean- now you got to have the conversation about the rest of the walk, uh, the rest of the roster. Excuse me. So your your backup, you know, assuming then you bring back Torian Prince, like your bench is Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, Kyle Anderson. That's it. Otherwise, you're looking at the rookies from last year, Moore Junior, Minot. You're looking at Nate Knight if you bring him back. He's got a club option this year for a couple million. So there's a couple of other paths here, and we've talked about this for each individual player, but not. I don't think collectively in terms of the, the with the context of the cap space uh, situation. So I'll do that here next, but those other paths could be with some of these, the guys I just mentioned, the princes, the Knights, McLaughlin, et cetera. And if they could create some additional room, if they really feel like bringing Nas Reed back is a, is the right move. So we'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is also brought to us by our friends at Bird Dogs. I started wearing Bird Dogs just over a week ago. I could almost mark the day because it was that it was that life changing to begin wearing Bird Dogs, and uh, it's it's my evening and weekend attire all the time now because they are versatile, they're comfortable, they make me look great, and uh, the versatility and comfort really are are the biggest things uh, because I can hang out at home, I can grill in the backyard, and then I can run to the store. I they have pockets and they're comfortable, so it's like more comfortable than wearing mesh basketball shorts, athletic shorts but more functional because there's real pockets that I could put my wallet and my keys in. Um, and I could like, you could pass them. You could wear, wear them to play golf. You could wear them to go to, um, you know, go out to eat with your family. You could wear them in the backyard. You wear them lounging around the house. They're really that comfortable. Um, and they also have pants too. Same idea. Uh, versatility, comfort, the most important things to me when I'm looking at any sort of apparel. Go to birddogs.com. You can grab your own pair of shorts or pants. Birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter the promo code LockdownNBA and they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I started drinking out of that same tumbler this week. It is exactly like a Yeti. It absolutely holds heat um, and it it's heavy duty, looks good. Uh, again, birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter the promo code NBA. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's close today by talking a little bit about, uh, or the rest of the cap situation, I should say. So I mentioned the Wolves have 18 million in cap, and that is with the expirings uh, of Jalen Noel as an unrestricted free agent. Um, who else? My mind just went blank. Nas Reed is an unrestricted free agent, Austin Rivers, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a restricted free agent. But... 
The Wolves also have uh, an option to to not bring back Torian Prince, which is almost seven and a half million. It's not technically an option. It's his contract becomes guaranteed. I believe it's right after the NBA draft. So they could just say, you know what, we're going to waive him. We're not going to pick up the guaranteed salary. That's seven and a half million right there. That's your biggest move you could make from a contract cap savings perspective. You also have Jordan McLaughlin, same deal there, but his is only two point three million. So you you could say, you know what, we'll let him walk. Together, that's ten million. Uh, Nate Knight's got an option on just under two million, so that would be twelve million if you let him go. So you could make another twelve million in cap space if you are dead set on keeping Nas Reed, and you say, well, he's going to play more four. Let's let Prince go. Let's bring back Alexander Walker to take the Prince role. This is a real path, by the way. I could see the Wolves doing this. I would not do it this way, but I could see the Wolves justifying. We're going to play big. Let's play big. Let's let Prince go. I've talked on this show why I'm okay with moving on from Torian Prince. I think he lost a step defensively. Um, I don't think he, you know, he did not produce on the glass, which if he's going to play, uh, you know, the role he played for the Wolves and an important bench role, he's got to rebound. Like, I think now wouldn't be a bad time to move on from Torian Prince. He's like, I think his value is right where he's at contract wise. But you could also fill those minutes with somebody that's going to do a little bit more for you and be actually a better defender. So if the Wolves say, look, we're going to play big anyway, we're already in on this. Let's give Nas his 15, 16, whatever it's going to cost. I hope it's not that much, but you never know. Let's let Prince go. Let's re-sign Alexander Walker. Say you get Nas for 14 or 15, you can get Alexander Walker for five, six, seven million. You create the cap space with Torian to, to then add somebody else. And Alexander Walker plugs into the Prince role. You let Noel go. Nas Reed is also in that kind of at Princeton play a lot of four this year with Chris Finch at coach. But now Nas is like your backup big. There isn't anybody else. You probably still keep Nate Knight as your fourth big, but you have Rudy, you have Kat, you have Nas, Kyle Anderson. That's the other thing that was Kyle Anderson primarily plays the four with this team too. Part of that was due to injury. But I mean, now Kyle Anderson's got to play the three if you bring back Nas Reed, which is, by the way, a trickle down domino effect that actually we probably could spend a show talking about is that Kyle Anderson is just better when he plays the four over the course of his career. We did that a little with his play review. But if you bring back Nas, now you're asking Kyle Anderson to play the three. What does that do to your spacing? Not all the time, but he would have to play the three more often. Both Nas, I know Kyle Anderson shot 41% for three, but teams are willing to let him shoot. He's not going to shoot threes well from a, beyond the break. And then Nas, who's a, frankly, an average to below average three-point shooter. I know it feels like he's better because it it's fun when he makes threes and he can shoot for a big, but 33, 34%, plug in Kyle Anderson, now your spacing's gone, right? That's one of the things Torian Prince gives you. So I think it's a dangerous game, but if the Wolves are really, truly hell-bent on bringing back Nas Reed, which Tim Connolly's made it sound like they are, letting Prince walk to keep Nas and Alexander Walker, that's a real, that's a choice that they could make, and I could see them doing it. Um, That's an option. You could also save, again, another five and a half ish million with McLaughlin at night. If you want to, that's really only helpful. Like, I mean, there's also the exceptions, by the way, the Wolves have both. They could use the biannual exception, the mid-level exception. I'm not going to get like super into that, but basically if they hit, if they get, uh, well, they are, I guess they are in the, um, above the cap numbers. So they can use the mid-level, which is up to like 12.2 million this year. If they use that, they can't use the biannual, uh, but both are available for the Wolves. So, uh, they have a little bit of wiggle room there. But again, what's the point guard situation? What does it look like look like beyond this year? My play is, if I'm the Wolves, is I say Kyle Anderson is my backup big. I keep Nate Knight. He's my backup like center if I need a, 
third center beyond Rudy and Cat because I think Nate Knight, I've said this forever on the show, I think Nate Knight can play rotation minutes, fringe rotation minutes at the NBA level. I think he's your break glass in case of emergency center as Nas was at the start of last year. And I think you, um, Kyle Anderson is your primary backup four. Jade McDaniels can play the four. Uh, you add somebody else that can on a, on a, um, you know, a, a vet minimum deal or whatever. And we, we can talk names here later this offseason. There's guys out there. Uh, and then you obviously draft somebody in the second round. I think Josh Minot is in the conversation for minutes at the four. We've talked about that on the show. I think that would be a good move. Um, and then you, you find another point guard and probably keep Jordan McLaughlin. And he's your third string point guard. But you bring somebody else in to compete. Maybe it's another vet. Maybe it is a second-round draft pick. Maybe they trade into the draft. Whatever that is, I think you focus on shoring up the back backup guard spots because Jalen Noel's gone. He struggled last year. Jordan McLaughlin could be gone. He struggled last year. That, to me, is a bigger deal than like, hey, we really like Nas and we want to keep him. I mean, I just think from a roster balance standpoint. Now, it gets back to the cat conversation, right? I, I We're going to talk less about that today than I had originally intended, but... Like, unless you're trading Cat, and then you open up, like, hey, we need another big, and Nas fits. So, like, that, that those are the two, like, the macro paths, if I'm going to say that. One is trade Cat and bring Nas back. The other is let Nas walk, keep Cat, spend some assets. You know, who's Conley's backup, and what are you doing when Conley leaves after this season? I think, to me, both are legitimate paths the Wolves could take, and... You could build a case for both. It all depends. It's not strictly like you can't answer the question. There's more nuance than like you should trade Cat or you shouldn't. It depends. What are the offers? Uh, what do you really truly think about Rudy and Cat together moving forward? How badly do you want to recoup first round picks? Like there's a million questions that these guys have to answer in the front office, and it's impossible to list them all off here. But those are, I don't think it's feasible, and I wouldn't want the, it's possible. I don't think it's truly feasible, and I don't think the Wolves should keep Cat and bring back Nas Reed if that number is north of $12 million. I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. I do think the Wolves might do that. Um, just know that I, I would do something different. So there's a ton here. Actually, like on its face, this offseason to me felt like it could be slow for the Wolves because they really don't have cap space. But the Nas question is fascinating. The Cat chatter is fascinating. Um, and now we talked a little bit about this earlier in the week, that the Portland possibility at three, what is it? I think Houston at four. Some of those teams, like, could they be interested in Cat? There's so much to talk about this offseason. So um, we're going to keep breaking all that down. This is going to be a ton of fun. There, there's so many different paths the Wolves could choose to take. Now that we know, by the way, I didn't say this earlier, Tim Connolly is staying with the Wolves. I mean, Washington hired uh, the GM away from the Clippers. So uh, that that little Wizards rumor that I covered a, a bit with Howard Beck last Friday, I mean, Tim Connolly's in Minnesota. He's not going anywhere. So... Um, He's going to see this thing through with Rudy for better or for worse, or perhaps the pivot is the Carlton Towns trade that we've talked about. I mean, all that is on the table. Uh, we're going to find out what he's going to do here over the next few weeks. All right, that's all we got for you today. We'll be back on Monday, of course, Monday through Friday again next week. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. The show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Also on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. On both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, you can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. With two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.